Have you ever been so unhappy that you've used food and sleep to escape? That was me a few years ago. I was so unhappy with my job and my life as a whole that I used to pretty much set an alarm for just before 5pm every single day, just before my lovely wife Zainab would come home and I would literally rush out of bed, do the dishes and pretend like I'd been up for the entire day. The most visible aspect of this was my weight. Weighing in at over 80 kilos and on the brink of being obese, it's fair to say I wasn't exactly in the best shape of my life. So I took action and I addressed what I thought was the easiest thing to do, and that was the weight. So I began going to a gym, and I now have a job that I absolutely love. However, in the process of losing all that weight, my mindset changed. A combination of my desire to ensure that nobody ever goes through what I've been through, and my own love for cars, I present to you the Behind the Wheel podcast, a place to occasionally hear from people who work with and or own some pretty cool cars, to hear how they've got to where they are in the pursuit of inspiring you to take the steps you need to build a life based on your passion. Hello and welcome to the Behind the Wheel podcast, the brainchild and combination of my own love for cars, but also my own desire to make sure that nobody ever goes through what I've been through, which is hating the job that I was doing at the time, uh, using sleep and food to escape, and quite frankly, um, just being in a really tough, tough place. And I guess kind of coming out of it, losing the weight has changed my mindset. And with that in mind, I'm speaking to various people who have kind of managed to make a living out of what they love doing. Alex Hill, welcome to the podcast. Mohammed, hi, how are you doing? Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. And thank you for joining us today. I do appreciate it. Alex, uh, I guess firstly, I'll ask all my, uh, all my guests uh, this first question. What does Alex Hill's five-car garage look like? My five-car garage? Your dream, um, your so dream think... five-car garage. Okay. Um, um, so first off, what I'll say is the word dream. I don't really like using the word dream. And I'm going straight into mentality very quickly because I think it's really important. Saying dream when you dream of something, it means that it's always in your head. If you dream mm-hmm. of something, you'll always be dreaming of it. Um, so mm-hmm. I like to use the word either my aim garage or my goal garage because then if it's an yeah. aim or it's a goal you can then put the things in place to actually achieve it by dreaming about it you're dreaming you'll, you'll, you'll never get there so we'll rephrase yeah. it to my goal garage um so my goal garage will have to obviously have something fast have something practical uh have something with provenance um and then some other bits on the side so it'll probably be something like uh a lamborghini hurricane because uh, they're fantastic uh probably a lamborghini urus um, because they're like a hurricane on stilts and you can chuck things in the back of them. Um, yeah. Then I'll probably have to have something uh, with provenance. Uh, so probably like a, a really old um, sort of Ferrari, something like a, a 250 GCA or something like that. I mean, I think they're about 15 million quid. Um, and then probably um, something classic um that's a little bit more achievable that i can hoon around in because obviously i won't be able to drive the ferrari um so yeah. probably something like a uh i think old mustangs are pretty cool um, yeah. um and maybe like a um like a hypercar like a like a koenigsegg or something to finish it off would be pretty cool oh man the koenigsegg is just crazy man that sounds amazing that sounds amazing alex uh for those who might not know who you are tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're about man 
Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm 24 years old. Um, I'm a property investor and also own a property investment sourcing company. Uh, so I've been doing that for about a year and eight months now, full time. Um, so that's kind of what I'm doing at the moment. Uh, really enjoying it. So currently sort of trying to grow the business, but also and then start to grow my own sort of personal property portfolio uh, in terms of investment properties, etc. So that's that's what I'm doing at, at the minute. That's amazing. And obviously, you mentioned there that, that you're doing a full time. Um, tell us about kind of your your journey from, I guess, you know, um, education to, I guess, having a job at one point, and then kind of then I guess transitioning from that to then working for yourself full time. Talk us through that kind of sort of journey, if you like. Yeah, hundred percent. So uh, as a kid, um, I didn't really apply myself uh, as much as I could have done. Uh, I didn't do very well in school. I think I came up with four D's at A level, um, so nothing wow. to be really proud about. Um, I was really lucky. Um, I was privately educated, um, so really thankful for my parents for that but I didn't really use it uh, on the education front um, obviously I look back right now and wish I tried harder probably but at the end of the day it hasn't really done me any damage uh, to what I'm doing at the moment uh, so yeah I didn't really do very well at school didn't know what I wanted to do uh, I always had the pressure that people have nowadays and kids have all the time is you know you're 18 years old and you don't know what you want to do for the rest of your life therefore you're destined to fail um, so I always had that thing, you know, I'm, I'm worried because I don't know what I want to do. But what I did know that I wanted to do was that I wanted to have my own business. Um, I always knew that I wanted to have my own business and work for myself. And I think one of the catalysts for having that wish and that thought process was that I always went on the, 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 the thought that you should always try and better your parents. Uh, and that's obviously thing that everyone's always told. You always got to try and do better than your parents. And uh, my dad's been extremely successful in what he's done. Uh, he's been a nine to five worker uh, his whole life. He's ex-military, retired from the military. Um, and now he's very high up in sort of aerospace and defense company. And I knew that I was never going to better my dad in a nine to five job. Uh, or if I was going to, uh, it was going to take me a very long time to get there. Um, and I just said, well, how, how else can I do it? Well, running an own, your own business, all the rich people, they don't work jobs. They, they have their own companies. They have people who work for them. So, okay, that, that's what I think I want to try and do. Uh, but I didn't know what in. I had no idea. had no plans. had no ideas of businesses or anything like that. Um, so, anyway, school finished. And I uh, well, what do I do now? As every kid does, I thought, well, may as well go to uni because I don't know what I want to do yet. So I went and did some uh, kind of proper awful course at a uni that managed to accept me with my grades. <laughs> so I did a media degree because, again, didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, so I thought I'd do something as vocational as possible. Uh, and it's three years extra that I can have to think about what I want to do. Um, so I finished uni and managed to come out somehow with a 2-1. Um, so I actually managed to do a little bit of work um, while I was at uni. And then I got an offer to go into recruitment in London. Um, so through some family connections and family friends, uh, I got an offer to go to London and start working in recruitment. Um, so I did that um, and was enjoying it for the start. Uh, it was a new experience, my first ever proper job, um, sort of, you know, relatively corporate, um, but still quite a small business. Uh, learned a lot. And then I was commuting from there to London, uh, from Luton to London every day, which was about two hours each way on the train, about 400 quid a month on the money that I was earning, which was almost half of my wage. Um, and then I thought, right, I can't do this anymore. I'll move to London. So I went from a two hour commute to a five minute walk from the office. 
um, and I thought that would make everything better. It didn't. Um, I was still kind of not really enjoying it as much as I was because I was living in London. The amount of money I was spending on my train, I was then spending on rent. Uh, so my rent was three quarters of my wage. So I had no money to live on and I wasn't enjoying it. Wow. I was sitting there thinking, you know, I'm 20, well, I was 21 at the time. I'm not enjoying what I'm doing. If I stay here for five more years, where am I going to be? I'm probably going to be doing the same job I'm doing now, not really enjoying it. I might be on an extra couple of grand a year um, and I'm still going to be miserable. Or uh, I'm young, I've got no responsibilities. I can try something new. Um, I can learn a new skill, try and do my own thing. If it works, I'm quids in. If it doesn't, I can always go back to a job when I haven't lost anything. Um, so I saved up a bit of money and thought, what can I do to you know start making some money? Oh, rich people do property let's try research property uh i then realized that to get into property you needed a lot more money than i had uh, so i thought, um, can't really do that uh, <laughs> but how can i do property without actually doing property if that makes sense and use the skills that i've got to get into it and then i discovered that there's something called property sourcing which funnily enough is the exact same principle as recruitment uh we find an investor they have a requirement, we find the property, put the two and two together, make a fee. Same as recruitment, you have someone who wants a job, someone who's looking for a, uh, a member of staff, put the two and two together, you make a fee. It's like, perfect. I'll try that. And uh, that's basically where that started. And then sort of from working by myself to now sort of bringing on a team in the last sort of, you know, 18 months, we've now grown it to sort of being relatively successful. And uh, that's kind of where I am today. So, yeah, kind of just pre-balled it along the way uh, but it seems to be working well so far so that's kind of where I am right now that's amazing I mean um, talk us through those days when you know you're working um, for a company and you know you weren't happy and you were kind of looking for more Um, you know what was kind of what was how I mean how how frustrating and how um, I suppose how uh, how sad were you at that time? Was it was it was it was it pretty bad? Like how how desperate were you to kind of make that kind of transition, if you like? Uh, it was quite bad actually, um, and I didn't probably realise it at the time, but I think it had quite a bad impact on my mental health as well. Um, and sort of being in that position where I thought, oh, you know, if I move to the next to the office, I'll have more free time. Well, it wasn't because because I was next to the office. They went, well, because you only live around the corner, you can stay longer. Um, so before my excuse was to leave early because I had to get the train for two and a half hours. Now I had no excuse. They were like, well, you can stay into the office till half eight, nine o'clock at night because um, you've only got a five minute walk. And uh, it was kind of it was just the same thing over and over again, going to the office, sitting behind a computer um, and, you know, just going through the motion day after day. And I just thought this isn't fulfilling. Uh, this isn't where I, what I want to do forever, um, because I could have quite easily sat there and just then done that forever. And, you know, a lot of people are happy with that, which there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, I just thought there's got to be something more to life than this. You know, um, I'm, tw- I'm in my early 20s. I want to be enjoying my early 20s, not sat behind a computer five days a week, 12 hours a day or whatever it was. Um, so I just thought, you know, there's got to be something more. Um, and, you know, then I, I went to find it. Where, where where does that kind of drive come from? I mean, because there's a lot of people who you know, are unhappy with what they're doing. There's a lot mm. of people who are really frustrated with what they're doing. Yeah. But they they proactively choose to not do anything about it, right? But yeah. in your case, you actually made that decision that, that you were going to do something about it. Where does that kind of drive come from? 
I don't know. I think I've always, as a, as I said, you know, I've, I've, I've had a very privileged upbringing. I think my parents did really well for themselves. So I've experienced a lot. You know, I've been on nice holidays. I've lived abroad, and you know, I, thought, I don't. I, I wanted to continue that, but also go to the next level. Um, you know, and I've always had, the, you know, you love cars. I've, I've always been a nut for cars ever since I was a little kid uh, playing with Hot Wheels. I've always loved cars. Um, so I thought, you know, I, I want to own these things. I don't want to just look at them and appreciate somebody else who has them. I want to own these things. I want to have these things. I want to go on these trips, these holidays. Um, how am I going to do that? So that I'm not going to have that where I am now. I need to make a shift. Um, and I think that the problem that I love a lot of people have um, is that they can't make that leap because of their personal situation. It doesn't allow them to. And what I mean by that is when you're, say, you know, in your mid-30s and, you know, you've been in the job for a while, you don't like it, but it's got you to a point where you're on the property ladder, you've got a mortgage, you've got kids, you've got car payments. You know, you can't at that point just suck in your job and try and do something else because if it doesn't work and you're living paycheck to paycheck like, you know, majority of people in the UK are, you, you know, you're only going to last a month before you've got bills to pay and you can't pay them. So that's where you get trapped, you know, and people may want to go on that leap, but they, they mm. physically can't because they can't afford to. Um, and I was, I was quite fortunate and lucky I did when I did because I had none of those responsibilities. I moved back in with my parents for 18 months um, and I only just moved out two months ago into a new house. Um, so, you know, I was very fortunate at that point that, you know, I could do that and I could go, you know, a few months not making any money and it wouldn't have an adverse effect, whereas most people can't. Um, and then you've got the other side of it where, you know, a lot of people dream about these things and that word again, dream. Um, but then they, they don't know how to get to it. So they just admit that it's not for them. So oh, that's for, that's for the rich people to do that. I'm not that kind of person. Um, and a lot of it's mindset. Um, which, you know, it can be taught, but some people just can't be taught it because they just admit that their situation is all they're going to have. Ever gonna have. What, would be, um, what, what would be your advice, Alex, for those people who, you know, are unhappy in their mm. job, um, but they've got mortgages, they've got, they've got car bills, they've got, you know, they've got kids. Yeah. Um, what would be your advice to them who, you know, who, want to make that change but they just feel so scared um i think the biggest thing to do for me one would be try and reach out to people who either one have already done made that leap um or who you know are successful successful and have made something with themselves and just say look you know what advice would you have uh, for me in that sense um kind of within it within a market that you're interested in so say if you've got a passion um and you're interested for you it was cars as uh, to so say if you've got a passion for cars um, you know, reach out to people who potentially make money, something to do with cars, whether it's uh, buying, selling, whether it's making content about cars, whether it's being a photographer, uh, anything. And then just researching kind of different things. And, you know, there, there's so many sort of side hustles you can do, um, which don't cost any money, um, which you can start, for example, like a, an Instagram page. You, you can start an Instagram page by posting pictures of, in, of cars, for example. And if you get the following big enough, you, you can monetize that in a way. Or, you, you know, you, using YouTube, making a YouTube channel. Um, you know, there's so many things you can do, which, you know, may take up some time, but they don't take any money to start. And I think what a lot of people do is, you know, they use their free time inefficiently. They, uh, they say, you know, oh, I've got no free time because I work, you know, nine hours a day, nine till five, and then I've got no time. Well, actually, you do because you sleep eight hours a day, you work nine hours a day. That's, you know, what, quick math, 17 hours a day. You've still got, another, you know, seven hours, whatever it is, 
a day free that you could do with something else. Um, you know, even if it's only an hour a day applying yourself to something, you know, whether it's learning a new skill, reading a book, um, watching videos on how to do something, there's always a way to learn new skills, which you can then monetize at some point. Um, you know, nobody is stuck in a position where there's physically no way out. There's always a way out. Yeah, I, I think it, it's such a key point there, isn't it? That, you know, the 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 ability to dabble into things that interest you is so easy now yeah. because of social media. You know, you can you can create an audience, you know, so, so cheap and just do it consistently every single day, put yeah. one post out and over time, you know, as long as you're providing yeah. value, you're you're and, and it becomes exactly. fun, right? And that's that's a key thing is I think I think people often kind of think that you know, work and, you know, having a job is about, you know, suffering for like nine mm. hours a day and then kind of going back home in the evenings, watching TV or Netflix and then living yeah. for the weekend. Um, what would be, um, how did you know that, you know, property was something which was going to be something which you would enjoy doing? How did you go about kind of cultivating that kind of interest? I think like? it was more to the fact that it wasn't something at the first instance where property as as a as an entity it interested me as such. I mean it did, but it was more to the fact that oh I think I could make money out of property. And then when I got into it more um and sort of you know got with into the kind of the property world and understood it more it, it's actually something that is really interesting and there's so many different elements of property and so many different uh, ways you can be involved um that you know there's almost something for everybody so you've got everything from the the small the lowest end which is obviously probably what i do which is sourcing you're you're not actually in property but you're facilitating something for people who are um and then you've got kind of the the next level up which is probably you know small Buy, buy to rent, like buy to let properties, small investment properties, all the way up to massive developments of apartment blocks and, um, you know, hotels. And there's a, such a broad range where people can get involved and that there's, there's something for everybody. Um, and I think that's really cool. And I don't think there's many industries which actually have that. Um, if you think about it, you know, there, there's not many that span from sort of nothing all the way through to millions and millions and millions. Um, and I, thought, I just thought that was quite interesting and thought, you know, it, it just shows that there is a way for everybody to get involved somehow. Um, and, you know, then when I got started, I saw there was quite a lot of money to be made. Um, and it's something that you can, it's, it's different every day. Um, and there's always ways to level up. Whereas if you're just in a job, yeah, you can go from, you know, uh, one sort of role to the next role. But there's always a ceiling where who's your boss? Whereas with this, you know, there's always the next thing you can do, the bigger development, the, the bigger projects, the, you know, the bigger deal. And I just thought that that was really cool. Yeah, that's amazing. There's a lot of them. Um, there's a lot of young, uh, young, young people who listen, to, who listen yeah. to, to the podcast. And, you know, many of them are, you know, at that stage where they're kind of, they, they are thinking about university, um, but they're mm. not sure, right? Um, what would be your advice for young people who are kind of in that place where they're not really sure what they want to do? Um, and, you know, they probably would see you as someone who's kind of, you know, been able to, you know, kind of get to a place where, you know, you, you work for yourself, you, you, you have freedom, you know, you, you love what you do. Um, but those young people out there who have had or who have got bad grades, they're, yeah. they're not strong academically. 
um, there's a bit of pressure to go to university. What would be your sort of advice? Uh, it's funny for, you should mention that, actually, because I went and had a, I went and met up with my old boss from my recruitment job uh, the other week, um, and he was having a weekend away with his daughter. And uh, I was having a chat with her, and she's just finished school. Um, so, and she's going to do a gap year, but she was sort of in around the area looking at unis. And um, I said, well, what, what, do you, what are your plans? She said, well, I really don't know. And, I, and she said, I'm a little bit worried. I said, why are you worried? She said, well, I don't know what I want to do. I said, well, that's fine. That's great. Because then if you don't know what you want to do, you, you can do anything. Um, and, uh, you know, she said, oh, well, I'm really interested in kind of um, uh, like design and sort of uh, fashion and things like that. So she's going to go and do a fashion degree. Um, and, um, you know, I said, that's brilliant because, you know, you're doing something that you enjoy. And I think a lot of kids nowadays, and I was especially, are pressured into thinking that, you know, you have to go to uni to get a job and then you have to get that job, which you're then going to have for a very long time. Um, that's not the case anymore. And, you know, even kids who aren't really keen on uni, there's no problem with that because uni doesn't have the same provenance as it did before. Now everybody goes to uni. Um so, you know, uni isn't isn't the be all and end all. If you're not keen on uni, that's great. Potentially go get some work experience somewhere. Um, go experience uh, sort of an industry that you might be interested in. Um, you know, there, there's, you know, now, especially from COVID now, there's, there's so much job opportunity because businesses are going to start opening up. People have been made redundant and lost their jobs. A lot of people are advertising. Um, so, you know, go and do something that you enjoy for a few years or go traveling. Uh, it doesn't matter because, you know, when you're 18, um, you don't have to know what you want to do forever. I think, I think now the stat is that people on average now have five careers in their lifetime, um, whereas, you know, back in the day, people had one job when they got out of school at 16 and retired at 55. Um, that's not the case anymore. Um, and the other thing I said to her was, you know, yeah. don't be worried if you don't know what job you want to have because the likelihood is with how quickly the world is moving at the moment, when you come to have a job in the next sort of three, four, five years, the job you're going to get might not even exist yet. Um, with how technology is advancing, how the world can go. Your job might not even be a thing yet. So don't worry if you don't know. Just go do something that you enjoy. Uh, go learn as much as you can about the world and different things, different industries. And I can guarantee it that once you've learned enough, you will find something that interests you. Um, and then when you find that thing, go and pursue it um, because there's always a way to make money out of the interest. Is so true. I think. Um, I think also the idea of a safe, no. safe job doesn't exist anymore. You know, I mean, back in the day, you know, you know, you could, you could pretty much rely mm. on your job being there for, up, as you said, until you turn sixty-five or whatever retirement is. But now, as as COVID has shown, it takes it takes one pandemic or one financial crisis to suddenly mm-hmm. lose your job. No, hundred percent. I mean, nowadays, as you said, it's proven that that the nine-to-five um, is the most riskiest live, living you could have. Because your job could go tomorrow, business could go bust, your boss could change his structure and don't need you anymore. You can go. Whereas if you've got sort of, you know, investments, whether it's property or, or crypto or stocks or whether you've got multiple businesses, if one of those things fails, you've still got the other ones to rely on. Um, whereas if you've got one job and it goes, you're screwed. You've got, you've got, no, you've got nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alex, I mean, you know, um, as as someone who you know is, yeah. is fully reliant on yourself, you know, it's it's not like you know a, a nine to five where you get a set pay packet every single month or whatever it is. Talk us through um, kind of the 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 decision that okay, you're now going to work for yourself. 
Um, how scary was that? And what would be your kind of what what were the things that kind of kept you going? I suppose in the first few months that kind of made you um, keep going with it because I guess anyone would have given up, right? I mean, you know, you've got um, this huge huge responsibility. It's a lot of hard work being being entrepreneur, being your own being your own boss. Um, what how, how was that experience for you? And how did you kind of get how, how did you kind of get get through the first few yeah i mean it, the it first was phase really of scary because it was a brand new thing i've never done before um i was young i was inexperienced um but and also i had a lot of doubt from people around me as well people saying you know i didn't make any money for the first what, few months and people saying well you know what are you doing you clearly can't be doing anything because you're not making any money um i said well no it's, it's i'm building something from nothing it takes time to get to the point you know you, you graft and get to the point the money will come and a lot of people around me, you know, majority of the people around me, sort of family and friends, they're all they're all nine to five people. So they didn't understand that. Uh, they think you go to work, you get paid. Whereas with this, you know, you only get paid once you start doing deals. Um, and it was just a lot of it for me was to kind of prove the people wrong. Um, as selfish as that sounds, a lot of the drive was to say, no, 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 you're telling me I'm not I'm not doing anything. Well, let me show you you know, that I'm doing something. Um, and I think it wasn't until, you know, a few months in when I, when I made my first bit of money and I went, look, and they, then they went, oh, okay, we get it now. Um, and um, yeah, it, it was very difficult, but yeah, it was just that drive to see, you know, proving the people wrong who kind of were doubting it um, and saying, you know, you need to pack this thing, you need to go get another job, you're not making any money. Um, but also just to, as a proof of concept for myself, I wanted to prove, you know, I've, I've not been very successful in my previous sort of life. I failed at school, uh, just scraped through at uni. I wanted to prove to myself, you know, if I, if I really apply myself to something, I can make something happen. Um, and, uh, you know, if I, if I can do it, then anybody can do it because I'm not an intelligent person. Um, you know, it's just having the right hard work to do it, uh, applying yourself and, and you can get it done. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest things that drove me on was kind of to prove to myself, you know, I can do something. Um, I'm not destined to sort of fail as I have done previously. Was it? I mean, you know, they they said they said that you know you are the average of the of the five people you spend the most time with. Um, did you find that in those days when people the the people closest to you, your friends, your family, you know, um, when they were perhaps doubting, you know, what you're doing and and and, and you going through what you're doing? Um, how did you sort of deal with that? I mean, obviously, yeah. that it became a bit of a chip on your shoulder to kind of prove it to them. But how else did you kind of deal with that kind of doubt? I wanted negativity, but, you know, um, it must be quite hard to kind of keep going with all those kind of voices in your head, I guess. It was quite lonely, actually, because uh, especially doing it over COVID as well. Um, obviously, you know, we were in lockdown for ages and it was, you know, I was in the house obviously with my family, but it was kind of just by myself. Uh, and you know, my partner had been extremely supportive of me and she was probably, you know, the, the main driving force behind me as well. She was all, always telling me every day, you know, keep going, you can do it. Uh, and she's, she's been amazing. Um, but it, it, yeah, it was, it was quite lonely at the start, but I think one of the key things you mentioned there was that you're, you are the average of the five people you spend your most time with. Um, in the last sort of, you know, year and a half, I now don't socialize with anybody who I did before I started this journey. Uh, all my sort of circle of friends are all people I've met wow. in the last 18 months. Um, and the reason for that is because 
everybody now in my circle are all wow. people who are trying to build something. They all have aspirations for big things. They all want to own businesses. They all want to drive flash cars. They all want to go on big holidays. Um, none of the people I associate myself with now really work nine to fives. Um, and I think, you know, it's it's quite a big thing because then wow. the conversations that you're having daily are all about, you know, new ideas, businesses, uh, what investments you want to make, talking about, you know, whatever it may be, they are, you know, Bitcoin's gone down or gone up or, uh, you know, this has happened in the property market. We're not talking about, oh, I've finished work at six on Saturday should we, or Friday, should we book a table at the pub? Um, it's, it's those different conversations that you're having. Um, and, you know, anybody who wants to kind of get into that kind of network of people, just reach out to people who are doing what you want to do. Um, you know, that's what I did. I just found people who are in the industry that I'm, that I want to be in. And I just tried to make friends with them as best as I could, uh, and get in that circle. Um, so that, that would be the sort of the, the main starting point, you know, your network is your net worth. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, um, was it was it hard to to kind of let go of, I suppose, um, those those people that, you know, you were perhaps hanging around with before? Um, you know, Honestly, how, how, how difficult was that? Because um, when, when I look back at it now, when I was younger, it was quite difficult. Like, I wasn't the most popular kid when I was younger. Um, so I never really had a massive group of friends. And with my pet and with my dad being military, we moved around a lot. So I've never lived in one place for more than a few years when I was younger. Um, so I never really made a really tight-knit group of friends that are like your mates from year one to you finish school. I never had that. So I've always been in the position where I've always had to make new friends and meet new people wherever I've been. So for me, it kind of, it didn't feel foreign, um, kind of, you know, not speaking to people who I've sort of, sort of speaking to for a little while and then going and meeting a new group of people. It was just kind of normal to me. Um, and I think that's probably one thing that I've been quite fortunate with. When you look back, it sounds quite, it sounds quite horrible, but not having any friends was actually quite a good thing because uh, it meant that I wasn't really attached to anybody. Um, and it wasn't like, you know, that say, mm. for example, if I had a group of friends that weren't on that same journey and just mm. wanted to do the nine to five and go get drunk at the weekend, um, I didn't have that kind of group of friends that were dragging me back into it. Um, it was, you know, make new friends. This is what they do. Okay, cool. That, that's what I'm now going to go and do. Mm. You, you mentioned that, that your partner is obviously very, very supportive and has been supportive throughout. Um, what would be your, I mean, uh, uh, you know, if, if, if you are able to, to, to maybe answer this, um, you know, if, if, for example, um, you have got, you know, loved ones, you know, your partner, mm. your spouse, your wife, or even, even your parents, right, who are not as supportive of you, um, you know, they're perhaps in a, in a, in a different place to you. Um, um, how, I think how would of, you if you've got people that? who don't believe in what you believe in, um, it doesn't matter what it is in life, um, but you truly believe in it. You just have to, as hard as it may seem, you've just got to say, you know, that's fine, but let go of it almost. Um, and sort of not distance yourself from them. Obviously, if it's family, it's, it could be very difficult, but almost distance yourself from them in that mental state where, you know, don't 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 allow their thoughts to take over yours um and i think for a lot of people that would be very 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 difficult especially if you've grown up say in a household or a group of friends where 
that is everything that you've ever known. And then a new idea comes along that you believe in that you want to pursue, yeah. but they don't. Um, you know, dealing with kind of them sort of talking you out of it and things like that is a very difficult thing to manage. But I think a lot, you've just got to, you know, believe in what you what you want. And if you've got a, a vision and a, and a journey you want to go down, just grasp it and take take it with both hands and go for it because unless it's something ridiculous which you know most ideas there's, there's no really really ridiculous idea to be honest um if you if you go for it hard enough and you and you believe in it enough you can make it happen no matter what it is um whether it's a new business whether it's uh something you want to make whether it's you know a new skill you want to learn if you if you believe in it enough you can do it and then once you've done it it's a lot then easier to then go to the people who didn't believe you and say look you know, you didn't believe what I was telling you, but now here, here it is. The proof is in the pudding. Then you can show them. Uh, and as I said before, having being able to prove to other people was a big driver for me. Um, that's a really amazing feeling to show people who doubted you that it, your, your proof of concept has worked. And you can go, here you go, and watch their faces change. It's, it's a really amazing feeling to have. Yeah. I think, I mean, I, I think it's a good thing to have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. You know, I think, I mean, mm. it's, it's, it, you know, it's, it's, it's what drives me. And, and I think, you know, um, as long as you don't get, you know, get, get, get completely, you know, uh, absorbed in it. But I think, I think it does drive you. It, it, it drives yeah. people to show people that, you know, that you are, that you're right and that you are. Yeah, you know, I think everyone says to you, and, um, the most successful people work, in the world, you know? they all have a group of haters. Um, and having haters is sometimes uh, an amazing fuel because if you have people who doubt you, yeah. if, you if you're strong-willed enough to go, okay, you, you don't think I can do this? Well, I'm going to show you I can do this. It's a it's a massive, massive fuel, um, you know. And I think you know anybody who anybody wants to do something in life, get haters. Uh, they help you a lot. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Let's talk about um, uh, entrepreneurship. Um, and obviously, you know, um, as someone who has kind of, you know, um, made that kind of step. Um, for those that are early entrepreneurs as well, what have you learned, I guess, over the last, over the last year? Um, and what would be your advice for those who have kind of stepped into that? Yeah, role sure. I mean, I think I've learned thinking, more in the last oh, year. Crap, have I done? <laughs> my whole life. Um, more than I did at school, more than I did at uni. Um, purely because of life experience and meeting people who have wow. done things that you want to do. Um, and I think sort of the, the, one of the key things with entrepreneurship, I think, is having the right mindset and belief that you can do things. Um, you know, every, a lot of people think that, you know, all these big sort of grand visions of having, you know, having luxuries or having your own businesses, being millionaires is, is, a, is a distance thing for the people who already have it. And, you know, I'm never going to get there. Whereas if you have the belief to say, no, 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 I, I will get there and changing that mindset from uh, I wish I could to how can I and I dream of that to that's my aim, and you know, rather than say I can't to how can I, that's it's a massive, massive mindset shift. And I think one of the biggest things I did was reading, well, there's two books. One of them was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which I think everybody in their, everybody in their dog has read. Uh, but um, another really great one was The Secret by Rhonda Byrne. Um, yeah. I don't know if you've read it, um, but it, it talks about how having belief and changing the way you think about things um, really, really changes your actions. And then it goes into all kind of the fluffy stuff about the universe and give you stuff if you believe it enough, which I don't really believe in. But I think a lot of it is just your mindset. I think one of the examples that they use, which obviously will relate to you, was if you're overweight and you say to yourself, I will lose weight, you will always be losing weight if that makes sense. Wherever you say, 
I will be this weight by this point, mm-hmm. then you've got a goal to get to. Mm-hmm. Where if you say, I will lose weight, then you'll always be losing weight, if that makes sense. And it's just a very different way of saying mm-hmm. something or thinking something, but the actual and the thought process that goes with it is a massive shift. Um, and it's just little changes like that, which can you know make a massive difference and help, I think, quite a lot. You know what surprised me, Alex? Right? I mean, you're you're like you you're so young, right? And like your your mindset is is so much more, I, I suppose, advanced. And 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 I suppose there's there's many people, you know, your age who are probably you know, going to the pubs, you know, on a on a on a, on a Friday night, Saturday night, you know, um, you know, probably um, hating what they're doing. I suppose what kind of amazes me is the fact that. You know your your mindset is so much more kind of um, mature and 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 developed than I suppose most other people your age or you know in their in their mid twenties or, or even early thirties. Um, is that is uh, that is that because um, of the journey I mean, you've been I, you on? Know, I've, I've experienced I experienced a lot in life as a young age. Um, obviously, as I said, with my, my parents being military, um, you know, moving around a lot, uh, experiencing different cultures. Uh, I lived in well. Saudi Arabia for three years when I was from 10 to 13. Um, so again, experiencing a culture that's completely far left from what we experience here in the UK. Um, so I think having those experiences and meeting a lot of different people is kind of, you know, probably helped me quite a lot in maturing that way. Um, I think, you know, if your if your kind of life experience to date is, you know, living in the same town, meeting, living with the same people, going to the same pub, every week uh, into the same places it's probably a lot more difficult to get those obviously experiences um you know and i've been extremely fortunate in that sense to have that uh, so i suppose that has helped quite a lot um but i think the other side is just the people that you associate yourself with it rubs off um so associating myself with people who have that same mindset um obviously you know it then it then rubs off um and it allows me to think in those ways Yeah, I mean, and, and and to what degree has um your sort of inner voice uh, sort of played a role as well? I mean, you know, you, know you, you mentioned there changing what you say to yourself from you know a goal to mm. actually kind of saying to yourself that, that actually making very prescriptive you know things to yourself. You know, rather than saying I want to lose weight, I want to lose weight by this point, changing that kind of narrative. Uh, how how important has Huge, huge. I mean, because sort of, I speak. Your, my, I'm quite a, a free-spoken person, um, and that sometimes gets me into trouble. But I, I speak my mind very vividly, um, and I think sort of you know back at the start of this journey. So, sort of for example, you probably see I'm sat in my car. I, I recently bought a BMW M2, um, and um, I, I didn't just buy an M2. I bought the specific spec that I had in my head. It's got the same, all the extra bits on it, the, the right steering wheel, the white inside, the right color. Um, everything um, and um, when I was wanting this car I was sort of telling my dad I said I'm going to have this car before June my birthday and he went no you're not like why, why are you saying that I mean that's a, that's a 33,000 pound car you know you're 23 years old and you know you're not really making much money how are you going to do that I said no 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 I will have it before June on my birthday this year and I collected the car in May no, uh, March, sorry. Collected car in March. Uh, so three months before my birthday. Um, wow. And I remember wow. going downstairs and saying, Dad, I've just bought the car. He's like, what? I've bought it. Um, and he probably didn't believe it to the point when it rolled off the 
delivery truck I was like wow um, and then before that I was saying so my next goal car is I want an Audi R8 V10 Plus next year um, and I was telling him sort of you know last year that within the next three years I will have an Audi R8 V10 Plus in black with the carbon kit in this colour in this spec and before he was like no you're not shut up now I've collected this earlier than I said I would he's like mm, okay maybe uh, but it's just having that say I will do something and if you say it enough uh, and I think the other thing is, if you, if you tell people what you want to do, uh, it kind of puts the pressure on to do it. Because if you don't do it, you look like a bit of an idiot. Um, so, you know, yeah. saying I will do something, you'll, you'll find a way. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. And also being really being very prescriptive about what it is, right? I mean, I remember there was a there was a study done a couple of years ago. And I'm, I'm not sure if you've, if you've come across it, but they took... They took a bunch of school kids and um, they, asked, they asked each school kid in this class, um, you know, where do you want to be in 20 years time? And the kids that said, and, and, and some kids say, you know, I want, a, I want a big house and I want a, a nice car. But there were some kids who said, I want a red Ferrari um, and I want a five bedroom house with um, a really big garden. Um, and I want a driveway in the front that can fit my two sports cars in. And what they found was that, and then they 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 went back to those kids a couple of years later, mm. and they found that the kids who were more prescriptive about their goals and what they wanted actually achieved that, as opposed to the kids who just said, "I want a big house." The kids that that said, "I want I want a five bedroom house," you know, with you know yeah. with, a, with with a, with a dining room in the front and all this sort of stuff. They actually no, went and got it. I think and it's just it's it's, if you, it's if you really amazing about mindset, isn't it? You know? Detailed as you can. As you said, with the house example, you know, I want it. I want it this exact spec. I want it to be like this. Uh, even even for me, and uh, visualizing moments in my life, um, like visualizing, you know, um, how something's going to pan out. Um, say, for example, if it's you know speaking with somebody regarding a deal at work, um, or going on a trip, or going in, on a night out, and sort of visualizing how these things will happen. You know, sort of eight out of ten times, they normally go how I envision them, pretty close because I've, I've sort of you know imagined it in a way so vividly that I then make it to a point where it happens that way. Um, and it's not just that a chance that it does that. It's because I envision it so clearly that I make it happen like that. Um, and I think that's, yeah, it's, it's quite a, it's quite a powerful tool to, to visualize things very vividly and not be yeah. so vague. Um, and I sort of, I put a thing out on my, um, on my Instagram the other week, which I said, you know, what are you doing or planning um, to make yourself better this week than you were last week and somebody put um i want to write down my goals and my uh so i know what i'm doing like that's brilliant so with the goals thing i said don't have have big and ma- massive goals so say if you're at the start now i think i want to be a millionaire have all these cars have private plane or whatever it is um but don't don't focus on that focus on the little goals uh, so focus on the little things which are going to get you to the end goal. So say, for example, okay, if you want that thing, how are you going to get there? So to get there, I need to make so this true. much money. And to make this much money, I need to do that many deals. So how am I going to do each deal? Uh, and then break it down to daily, weekly tasks. And then if you then exceed those daily, weekly tasks, then that massive goal, without even thinking about it, will, will then become closer. Um, and then before you know it, you're, you know, you're, you've reached that goal like with buying this car you know I thought okay the end goal is to buy this car by June how am I going to get there what do I need what money do I need to be having coming in to be able to afford the finance um, and then do those daily goals and then you know before I knew it crap I'm making enough money let's go buy it um, 
So without me thinking about it, you get there. That is so freaking powerful, man. So freaking powerful. I yep. mean, I, I, I honestly believe that people dream. They, they dream big, which is good. You know, it is good to, 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 to think big and to, and to want big and to, you know, to make it happen. But, yeah. Yeah. you know, um, I think people often forget that it requires a change today or tomorrow or next week. You, you have to have a very clear idea as to what you want to achieve no, exactly. next week, let alone you know in in, exactly. in, in, in five years time or goal, ten years time you know um, i think people often, often forget. Of it. um so it's like so it's like, oh, I'll, I'll do this next year and then next year comes and you go oh well, well i'll do it next year and then next year comes again and you still haven't done it whereas you think well what do i need to do to get there well tomorrow i need to go and view this house or tomorrow i need to make this phone call or tomorrow i need to read this book or watch this video then you'll actually do it um so yeah it's it's, it's a powerful thing of just having that mindset shift Just, just linked to mindset. I mean, being an entrepreneur, being in business, obviously, you know, you you you'll have become quite not not used to, but you'll yep. have experienced um, tough situations, perhaps even 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 failures. How I do you failure view failure, Alex? And, and how do you kind of um, how do you um, reset yourself? Without failure, that? you never really learn anything. Um, you know, if if you don't fail in life, then you you don't ever experience kind of you know a low point so say for example if you get comfortable um you're, you're always going to be comfortable um you need to experience getting getting comfortable being uncomfortable um so for example a failure is a way that you can learn so if you look at all the successful people uh, i can guarantee you that nobody who is mm-hmm. successful in life uh, thought i'm going to do this one thing it worked and then that's it they've done it that every single one of them will have tried 10 15 different things and failed at them uh, but then the difference is, is that once they failed, they then tried again. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't just fail and go, oh, well, I've, I've tried it. What for me? I failed. Uh, I'm not going to try it again. You know, no, well, it failed. This is why it failed. Right, I can do that better next time. Um, and the more times you fail, the closer you are to, to succeeding. It's like what I say with my team, you know, you, you make a phone call for, for an agent or a landlord or whatever for a property. And they say no. You make one phone call, say no, go, oh, well, this, this doesn't work. Well, no, you've made one phone call. If you make 150 phone calls, you know, you're, you're 150 times more likely to get a yes. Um, so every no is closer to a yes. Every failure is a closer point to succeeding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's so powerful, man. That's so powerful. Um, sure. I guess, um, Alex, um, finally, and always ask this question to all, to all my guests. Um, um, what I would you want your, in terms of a personal, your, your legacy to be? What does that look I like for you? In a, in a sort of about, about me personally, sort of as, as an image, it would be sort of, you know, somebody who was driven to sort of succeed at whatever they wanted to succeed. And sort of to use that as an example to sort of say, you know, whatever you failed at or not done well in the past, it doesn't define who you are going forward. Um, so, yeah, I, I did rubbish at school. I did OK. Didn't really go to a great uni. Um, but, you know, after having those kind of rel- relatively low points, I've come out and done something relatively positive. Um, and then sort of going forward, kind of so like wealth wise. Um, so my goal is to in the future sort of produce generational wealth rather than just wealth for me so i don't want to just myself have money i want my kids my grandkids my great grandkids to also 
have money. So doing things, whether it's you know, buying property or making investments, which are then going to be, you know, passed down in sort of a legacy that way, um, or it's having businesses that you can you can pass down that way. Um, that's something that I also kind of want to um, be quite active in sort of pursuing as well. Um, so two different sides of it, but, you know, both are just as important as each other. Alex, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. We do appreciate it and uh, we look forward to uh, speaking to you soon. Take care.